Welcome back to the Tipsy Theology Podcast with me, your host, Paul. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving. Today. Today's the day. And uh, are you thankful? I'm thankful. Are you? There's an episode today, so you should be thankful. <laughs> There's a lot to be thankful for today for this. Um, and you know what? With today being Thanksgiving, the day of giving thanks and... Um, copious amount of jokes about eating too much. <laughs> I figured let's talk about gluttony. Well, it's everyone's <laughs> least favorite and most confusing topic of all time. <laughs> I think um I was as I was doing research for this, I decided to do some Reddit <laughs> searches as well. <laughs> Cuz why not? You know, they have to know something. <laughs> there are some incredibly smart people on Reddit, I will say. And there is also incredibly stupid people on Reddit. <laughs> and it's incredible to watch both of them interact with each other and to see this just, like, incredible mishmash of information. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful disaster, and I love it. <laughs> well, anyway, I think this was one of those comments that was really good. Someone asked a question, you know, why don't we talk about gluttony? Why isn't really addressed? And the top comment on it was, it's rude to talk with your mouth full. <laughs> and I thought that answered, on a, it's, it's funny because it's one of those, like in such common words, it said something so profound. And that's what's so beautiful about it. I'm like, oh, if I could be one thing in a sentence, that would be, that would be it. To be able to say things like that. Um, not, the, not to be someone with talking with their mouth full. <laughs> but, you know, that's, it's the idea of, of like the hypocrisy of, of some of the things that we do. And we don't call some things out because we we might be doing it ourselves. And that got me thinking, like, okay, so what is gluttony? Like, what is this idea? Um, where did it come from? What does it mean? Cotton-Eyed Joe. <laughs> oh, that was a loud noise. Someone dropped something out there. It's probably Sean. That guy. <laughs> you know, old producer Sean. Um, he's the one I'm blaming all of the, um, any technical error is on him because I pay him to do nothing, apparently. Apparently to be, to do nothing. <laughs> Believe it or not, like today I think is going to be a great, a great day with, with no technical errors and he's nowhere to be found. <laughs> Believe it. Believe it or not. Uh, but here we are. Um... And so, uh, when it comes to when it comes to the idea of uh, of gluttony, and especially today, Thanksgiving Day, like, is it wrong? That's that was really my question when it came when I entered into this this um, topic idea, and I, I really thought it'd be interesting to talk about because it was very enlightening for me what I what I've kind of came through, and I'm still thinking about it. I, I, I'll TLDR on that right now. You can tell I've been reading Reddit. <laughs> And uh, I still don't really have like a conclusive thought about this. And so um, I'm interested to share this and see what you guys think too. Because I think it's one of those, it's going to ruffle a lot of feathers. Because um, 
I think it kind of hits at home for a lot of us. You know, there are there are so many jokes about Christians are like, yeah, being gay is bad, and then let's go to the all-you-can-eat buffet <laughs> right after service. And uh, I think that's wrong. I think that idea, and it's like, it is a bit hypocritical, but why? You know, what is what does all that mean? And so we're going to dive into that. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm excited. It's late. <laughs> I'm recording this, um, and... I'm excited to jump into this. So I'm rambling a little bit, so forgive me. And to help me be a little coherent, what are we drinking today? Oh, Buffalo Trace. You can tell I have already enjoyed some. If you are a video watcher, thank you to you, video watcher, Patreon people. Um, love you. <laughs> and to all of you freeloaders out there um, who have to listen to this, that is about, I I don't know, should I, I'm going to show my ignorance here. <laughs> is it wrong to shake a bottle of whiskey? I don't think it has any effect on it. What if it um, did the opposite? It's kind of like garlic. When you mush it, it kind of like opens it up to smell more. Maybe that's what shaking bourbon does. But I don't see any labels on it that says shake vigorously before drinking. <laughs> but nothing says don't shake. So, um... Who knows? But anyway, it is about, there is about, <laughs> uh, am I generous in saying a quarter? <laughs> Might be less than a quarter left. <laughs> quarter, boop, boop, no, about a quarter. I feel good with that. And um, I didn't buy this today, let me tell you that. I've had this for um, some time now, uh, a little bit, because it's such a special little, special little boy. I sometimes like to go to the liquor stores and just look around and see what's there. See kind of what captures my eye. <laughs> As you guys know, I'm a branding man. Branding, uh, it'll sucker me in. If I can't make, if I don't know, if I can't make a decision, I look at who has better packaging. <laughs> so um, keep that in mind for anyone who's trying to sell me anything. Um, yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. Yeah, I'll stop there. <laughs> So anyway, uh, I'm really excited. This is Buffalo Trace. Longtime listeners, you know. This is one of my favorites. I love a little BT action. And um, so I was at the liquor store. And um, yes, I'm drinking for <laughs> the watchers. I am drinking out video watchers, not the um, demon watchers. <laughs> Those guys, you can get out of here. <laughs> Weirdos. <laughs> Great, now Sean's going to walk back in. <laughs> He's probably a watcher. He might be a watcher. Um, I'm drinking, yes, out of my mason jar again. <laughs> mm, with a beautiful BT in there. I love this little mason jar. <laughs> I should get him branded. I think Dion was right. I should totally do that. <laughs> it would be hilarious. Do you guys even want that? I think it's I think it's cool. It'd be like a fun little, uh, fun little thing we can do. Um, <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> anyway long time listeners you know i love bt it is so good but yeah i walked into this liquor store and i was just looking around you know there are some new some new things that i've always wanted to try but i was like i'm not really i don't really want to buy anything right now i'm not going to i'm just here to look um you know maybe i'll get like a bottle of like maker's mark or something you know make a little a couple old fashioned a little old-fashioned boy <laughs> um 
so yeah, I was kind of looking around, and I happened to see one bottle of Buffalo Trace sitting there. And I was like, ooh, Buffalo Trace. Because I don't see it very often in a lot of places um, still. And it was, when I do, I saw someone trying to sell it for like 40, 50 bucks. And I was like, I love it, but I don't love it that much. <laughs> and uh, they were selling it for, I think, $25. And I was like, so I bought it. I had to. I had no choice. It would be illegal for me not to buy it. Um, but before we, you know, start sipping away, I got some wonderful... I'm going to sip it. I'm going to sip it real quick. <laughs> mm. It just hits so well. It's so warm. It's so nice. It just it hits me in all the good stuff. Um, especially for $25. It's nice. But I got some facts for, for Buffalo Trace. And, you know, I started thinking today, maybe I should wait until these people start sponsoring episodes <laughs> for me to just basically just shell out for them. <laughs> Talk about how much I love their product, and they're giving me zero money. Maybe I'll think about that. I don't know. Who knows? I should start emailing them and be like, hey, can you proactively <laughs> pay for my <laughs> alcohol? <laughs> or retroactively. Proactive. <sighs> it hasn't even hit yet. <laughs> it hasn't even hit me yet. <laughs> anyway, Buffalo Trace. Um, I love, I've been doing these through uh, ChatGPT now, and it comes up with some good stuff, which is fun. If they're not good, sometimes I'll do some field research. But I like to see what... What old GPT comes up with? Because it's kind of fun. So um, our first fact is a historical um, distillery. Buffalo Trace Distillery is located in Frankfort, Kentucky. Frankfort, such a fun word to say. Love it. Um, and has a rich history dating back to 1775. That's before the U.S. became independent. That's pretty. That was 1776 for all of you um, heathen. You're not heathens, oh my gosh. <laughs> if you're not American, you're a heathen. <laughs> anyway, um, 1775, that's a long time ago. Actually, um, fact check me on this, somebody. But I think when the, the, the Puritans came over on the old Mayflower, I'm pretty sure one of the first buildings they built was a distillery. And I love that fact. <laughs> and I hope it's right. <laughs> and it makes sense. You know, you can't drink the water, so you got to drink something. Why not make it the happy juice? Uh, so 1775, <laughs> making it one of the oldest continuously operating distilleries in the United States. It has survived prohibition, making it a resilient and enduring establishment. That is really cool. You think about that. So few places probably made it through the through prohibition. And these guys are still kicking. They're like, it's illegal. And like, yeah, well, have you tried it? <laughs> They're like, all right, you're right. <laughs> it's delicious. We'll let you slide. <laughs> and I do wonder for some things, um, you know, like these old distilleries, like how how true or like has the flavor changed at all? I do wonder that. It's like, is this the same flavor, the same profile that people back in 1775 were tasting? Or has it adjusted slightly? I think that's kind of interesting. It was like the thing with, um, see, I'm all rambly today. That's what I get for talking by myself. A guest here, they keep me, they keep me honest. But by myself, I'm rambling, boy. I'm a rambling man. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I do wonder. 
Oh, no, no, Laffy Taffy. Yeah, that's what it was. So apparently I, I heard that the banana-flavored Laffy Taffy is actually what it used to taste like, what like the real banana flavor was until we decided to mess with it. But then I also found out there's like tons of different kinds of bananas. And I was like, well, maybe it's all a lie. <laughs> but I like to believe it. I like to believe that the banana-flavored Laffy Taffy is more accurate to a banana flavor than an actual banana. I think that's kind of funny. <laughs> some some candy with cheap humor on the back is <laughs> more accurate to taste than the actual product. <laughs> that's good. That's good stuff. Um, so, number two fact. It's a fact. Uh, bourbon variety. Buffalo Trace is known for producing a variety of bourbons, including the highly sought-after and award-winning Pappy Van Winkle's Family Reserve. Pappy Van Winkle, I love that name, bourbons are aged for an extended period, contributing to their exceptional flavor profiles. I will be honest, I've never heard of Pappy Van Winkle, but now I want it. <laughs> now I want it. I, um, actually, I'm a little behind on it. I've had Buffalo Trace, I've had um, Blanton's, but I haven't had Eagle Wear, and apparently I've never even heard of Pappy Van Winkle. <laughs> but I actually recently found a spot that sells, they had a bunch of them, sells uh, Eagle Rare. And I'm like, I need to buy this so I can try it, because I haven't tried it yet, and it's been years, and I'm a little upset by it. But they were selling a bottle for like 90 bucks, and I was like, ooh. <laughs> Sponsor me, please. <laughs> I'll go have these on it with you. <laughs> that should be my pitch to these companies. Like, hey, can you uh, send me a bottle for free? And if not for free, my counter offer is I'll go have these on it. <laughs> they might take it. That's kind of cool. That would be cool. But I need to find this Pappy Van Winkle Family Reserve and see what that's all about. Oh, no. I'm going to look into it for you guys. I'm going to look into it. And this is the last fact. I find it really, really uh, kind of funny. So um, bourbon and UFOs, and you know that's going to capture my eye. <laughs> Buffalo Trace claims to have a connection to extraterrestrial life. Look at these buffalo and their extraterrestrial life. It's kind of cool. Um, in 2001, the distillery reported that its bourbon was chosen as the exclusive bourbon ab uh, aboard? The, yeah, aboard the Russian space station MIR. While this might be a tongue-in-cheek marketing strategy, it adds a lighthearted and amusing element to the brand's love. Okay, that's a little bit lore. Brand's lore, not love. Um, that was a little disappointing. You disappointed me. Um, yeah, you disappointed me. They're like, oh, we were on a space station, UFOs. And I was like, that's not the same. <laughs> that's not the same thing. And I don't actually know about the Russian space station. Maybe there was like a alien invasion on it. I have to look into it. I didn't do that. I have to look into it. So um, we're talking about Thanksgiving today. We're Thanksgiving-themed things. And, you know, Buffalo Trace isn't directly tied in any way to Thanksgiving, but it is a great choice to pair well with your Thanksgiving meal, so keep that in mind. Um, maybe you can find a liquor store that's still open that sells it and just go, or you get a little stock. I recommend. I'm actually uh, excited. I'm going to make a little old-fashioned tomorrow. Not with Buffalo Trace, though. I'm going to make it with uh, Maker's Mark. 
another great choice in my mind. These people need to sponsor me. I talk too much about them. <laughs> anyway, talking about indulgence, <laughs> gluttony, the least talked about sin. Um, you know, I think part of the reason why gluttony isn't talked about very much um, is because, you know, the Bible is not super clear on the definition. I think when we think of gluttony, um, we put it in the category of overeating in food, or just eating too much. Um, and I think that's that's true to definition, to how, like, when you look up the word, that's what it means. But the way the Bible talks about it, the way it uses that word, isn't that cut and dry. And so um, some of you might be going, whoa, 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 what about, like, the seven deadly sins? And some people would be like, what the heck is that? <laughs> I thought everyone knew about it. But um, apparently I've just been inundated with Catholic propaganda my whole life. <laughs> so these things are just commonplace. There's a little BT break, a little Buffalo Trace break for those uninitiated. I'm stroking my hair right now. That looks nice. I'm, I'm trying to look good for you guys. I'm trying to look nice. You know, I've got my yellow sweater on. Um, sweatshirt. It's a sweater. I'm calling it a sweater. And uh, I thought you guys would like that. So I did it for you. <laughs> Anything for you guys. Yeah, so the Bible is not super clear on, you know, how it uses it. And so seven deadly sins, for those who don't know, um, gluttony is one of the seven deadly sins, um, historically defined by Pope Gregory I and elaborated by St. Thomas Aquinas. And so the seven deadly sins in Roman Catholic theology, um, and before you guys freak out, for anyone who's not Roman Catholic, and you're like, <gasps> it's bad because it's Catholic. It's like, not really. Um, let's listen to it first. <laughs> That's what we're about here. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, the seven vices that spur others, other sins and further immoral behavior. That's the theology behind the seven deadly th sins in the Catholic um, religion. Catholicism. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> So yeah, it was create. The list wasn't isn't from the Bible. It's not like they picked a a section where like there it is. It was kind of like extracted. So their categories that they've seen that that he that he picked out that kind of seemed to lead toward you know um, it's a gateway sin. <laughs> yeah, that spur other sins. So they're they're really like categories, and um, they are. Um, the first one is vainglory or pride, greed or covetousness, lust or inordinate or illicit sexual desire, envy, gluttony, which is usually understood to include drunkenness, wrath or anger, and last, seventh, sloth, because he's the lazy one. <laughs> so, of course, he's last. <laughs> So those that's what the that's what the seven deadly sins are. And so um yeah, gluttony is usually focused more on uh, on consumption of like food and drink. Um but I think there is a broader side that when we look at it, especially the way scripture uses it, that focuses more on overindulging in general and not specifically food. So what does the good book say? <laughs> um so Philippians 3:19 um, their end says in in ESV. Sorry, Trey. Their end is destruction. 
Their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. So the focus here in this verse, if you didn't pick it up, is their God is their belly. And so with that, um, Paul is talking about those that are enemies to the cross of Christ. Um, Belly can be used figuratively here to mean the heart. Um, You know, he's talking about those that are ruled by their desires and urges. Um, They give into whatever their heart desires and are ruled by their flesh. Um, So that's, and that's, that's big when we think about that, is, you know, if we're saying, when he's calling these people their God is their belly, it's like, yeah, whatever, whatever desire that you're, that your flesh, to use a Christian term, wants, then we're gonna we're gonna lean into that. We're gonna we're gonna pursue that. And um, in this, I think it's an example of what gluttony looks like in a lot of ways. Is you're just giving in and overindulging in these things frivolously. Um, the other verse I, I had here that I pulled out was Proverbs twenty three one through two. When you sit down to eat with a ruler, observe carefully what is before you and put a knife to your throat if you are given to appetite. So appetite there, um, if we're going to pull that out, um, can also mean um, passion or desire. And so when we look at this, like, you know, we are called to to um, live intentionally. I think moderation is a big word in this, and I'm going to be saying it a lot probably. Um, or intentionality when we live intentionally, and it, you know we're we're called. God put us here, and He said to be a good steward of what He has given us, and we want to steward what He gave us well. And in this case, I, I think this leans toward our our bodies. How do we treat ourselves? Which goes into um, you know the classic First Corinthians six nineteen through twenty. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And so I think, I think that's the idea when it, when it comes to it's it's, an, it's another level of take care of yourself and don't, don't lean into just your own fleshly desires and, and, and whatever you you want. Um, I think that's that's kind of a more biblical idea of what what gluttony looks like, what what that means, or you know, in another way is overindulgence. Um, you know, I think even when we look at Ecclesiastes, I think we can read it with this mindset. Anything that we place is more important than God is a waste of time. That that's the kind of that's that's a one of the main messages of Ecclesiastes <laughs> is that everything is vanity, everything is meaningless if it is placed if your life isn't isn't lived for God. There's no there's no good end to anything. Everything's a waste. Um and so when we pursue our desires unhindered, um we can be giving ourselves into gluttony or overindulgence. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong there's nothing wrong inherently with eating, drinking, or being merry, <laughs> as there is a Bible verse that talks about that. <laughs> you know, Psalm uh, 104.15 um, speaks positively about um, about drinking. It, you know, in, in this list, it lists a few things, um, and it talks about wine to gladden the heart of man in a positive light. Um, and I think that's an example in Scripture where we can see that it's like, yeah, drinking, and I'm not making this about alcohol, but it's the idea of feeling the effects of something going beyond just one drink. 
uh, and I'm not saying let's go and get let's go and get shwasted every time, <laughs> but I'm saying um, to to in, to enjoy something isn't wrong. You know, it, it, in the same in the same psalm it talks about bread to strengthen um, strengthen man. I think is what it says, and when we look at that, it's like yeah, there's a there's a purpose for these things. And so there's nothing wrong with eating and drinking, whether it's alcohol, whether it's water. Um, same thing with food, whether it's bread or it's uh, it's meat. <laughs> you know, there's a purpose for us to, to, to engage in these things, and it's to stay alive. But um, it can go farther, and I think that in some ways there's a place where that's okay. I think in some, in, in some capacity... I think it might be okay to go a little beyond just the need. Um, but I, I think the other side of that, too, to make it a little more nuanced with that is, uh, you know, it, what's the framework? What's the context in, in which we're putting that? Because to... If, if, if we are um, taking something beyond our needs at the expense of someone who's in need, then I think that's another form of gluttony. Um, I think that's another form of, of overindulgence, where it's like you're, you're going beyond what you need. When, when, when you eat a, a piece of chicken, <laughs> and then you eat three more, it's like, well, I think you've gone maybe too far. Maybe you've gone beyond what you really need. Maybe you don't need that much chicken. Maybe you do. And I think that's where it can get a little confusing too because that line isn't the same for every single person. What is too much for one person is not enough for another. Um, and so that's, I think that's where it comes to a uh, personal side of, of things. We need to look at, um, it's a case by case, and I think that's between you and the Holy Spirit in a lot of ways to know where those lines are are what are your what are your needs and have those been have those been met when we're talking about food <laughs> um and so going with the wine thing i this is a somewhat of a tangent but not completely but i got a little nerdy over here um and to lean into that to lead into that i'll say you know we see jesus he changed water into wine it's kind of sick <laughs> And uh, this was done on the third day of a wedding celebration. That was the first, um, the first uh, miracle that he performed. Um, and although you know it's not explicit, there are some things that we can extract um, from that idea, from what we're seeing here, based on historical context and a little bit of fun mathematics. Because <laughs> I was looking at that, and it's just like, okay, so he they ran out of wine. And so it's like, were these people like really going to town? <laughs> like, or were they people so underprepared? I think that's usually how we look at it. And I think, yes, they were they were underprepared for the for the celebration. Which is kind of crazy because especially at that time, it's like you're preparing like a whole I mean, we take some some time to plan our weddings too, even in modern day. And I think that's a cool I think it's a good thing. Like we should spend time planning that out because it's fun. It's a good time. It's a reason to. It's a reason to celebrate. I like parties, and I think we should party, <laughs> especially for like weddings. I've made this joke for a long time. I think it's a darn shame that American weddings are only one day. 
And even that, they're like half a day. Most of the ceremonies start at like 1 p.m. and everyone's out by 9, 9 p.m. That's the reception as well. I'm like, that man, we're missing out. Some of these people, some of these countries over in Asia or in like East Europe, they're going like three days. <laughs> like, that's amazing. And at this time in ancient Israel, they were going like five to seven days. I'm telling you, these people know how to throw a party. Like, that's cool. And I've always said for myself, I want my wedding to be like three days long. I think that would be sick. <laughs> You know, like let's make it. Let's make an event of, of it. <laughs> it's like a three day conference. Why? Why one day? Like, see ya, bye. Sure, it's gonna cost some money, but it's fun. I think. I think it's 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 a goal of mine. It's a goal. Um, if I can find someone that shares that, it might be a little more difficult. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's a fun idea. I think it's kind of fun. Um, but anyway. At this time, they're going like five to seven. I tell you what, the Jewish culture, they know how to party. <laughs> and I think you'd have to. You know, they've been through a lot. <laughs> they're still going through a lot. And uh, you got to celebrate. Like Hanukkah, boy, that stuff goes on for a while. And I'm like, man, man, why, was, <laughs> why wasn't I born Jewish? <laughs> These parties are lasting. Christmas is really one day. Um, there's a lot that leads up to it, but it's like optional. To sell. I mean, I guess you don't have to celebrate Hanukkah. I'm just saying, there's a lot of stuff involved in there, and I think that's fun. I want to get involved in it because <laughs> I like to party. <laughs> I like to have a good time. I think, I think we should have a good time, but there's a time and a place for it, which goes right back into this episode. <laughs> overindulging you need to and actually i'll i'm gonna i'm gonna end that right here not the whole episode i'm gonna end that thought and then i'm gonna talk about it again later but when we look at um celebrating or resting or you know we're talking about celebrations parties um if that's a if that's happening all the time then it's like yeah i think that's wrong but if it's like a you know, you've been working. It's it's kind of like, does the person who's been laying on the couch all you know all year do they need a vacation? Like, what do you need a break from? <laughs> Your break should be work. <laughs> you know, you haven't earned a reason to rest. But the person that does go to work and has been working, it's like, well, you you need you should you you should have time away from that time to rest and enjoy life. Um. So yeah, I think, and I think that also makes um, something like a celebration or a party that much sweeter. The fact that it's like something that we worked for, that we earned. Um, and I think that's why even when we look at a weekend, it's like, yeah, put in a hard day, put in a hard week of work. Work hard. We're, you know, we were created to work as well. God put us in the garden and said, well, he put Adam and Eve in the garden and said, tend to it, take care of it. The earth, be a steward of it. We are called to be good stewards of what he's given us. He didn't say, here's a bunch of animals, now you can just lay on the couch and watch them. <laughs> Animal planet. <laughs> no, he didn't say that. He said, hey, dig. <laughs> and um, we also have rest inside of that, but we need to work. Um, anyway, that's my little sub-tangent. Now let's get back to the nerd stuff and drinking. <laughs>
That reminds me, I should enjoy some of this BT. Ah, I love it. It's so nice. It gives me that warm, it feels like I'm being hugged in a blanket. And I enjoy that. <laughs> um, so, okay, so they were celebrating with wine at the at the party I was telling you about, the wedding celebration. And Jesus was with them celebrating. He was probably drinking. <laughs> Sorry to say that to some people. But I don't think he was there just watching. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of reasons we can say that. For one, I'm interrupting myself again. The fact that he created more wine for them to drink. If if you believe that drinking is a sin, then you're saying that Jesus just enticed a lot of people to continue sinning. And I don't think we can say that with a clear conscience. Um, ho- I hope not. Um, anyway, um, they were all celebrating. You know, it's one thing to say... Oh, yeah, I already said that. <laughs> um, man, I... I didn't interrupt myself. I just didn't read my own notes. <laughs> so yeah, in ancient Israel, we know we we just we I just talked about this. Um, wedding ceremonies lasted about five to seven days, um, and they were celebrating, and they were celebrating, and were not. Yeah, they were not eating a side salad. That's <laughs> I could have delivered that so much better. <laughs> you know, they ate and they drank. The point in that is. And again, let me frame all of this again by saying, like, this isn't like straight from scripture because we it doesn't say. This is this is more based on um, traditions and history and also similar cultures. Like looking at like what do the, what do the Romans do? What do they do? There's going to be some differences, obviously, but I think there are similarities that we can draw from that. And the idea is like they they weren't just being like, oh, let me just have this little lettuce leaf thank you um i'm full (laughs) no they were probably eating and they were drinking to to fullness um and maybe even slightly beyond because they were partying they were celebrating they were rejoicing in what was happening and they rejoice rejoicing in these these people's marriage and these two people becoming one and it was it's a sacred thing and there there was yeah there's a reason to rejoice there's a reason to celebrate that um and i think that's i think that's a lovely thing <laughs> um so based upon the size of the containers this is from histor this is i don't know this this was historians and other people smart people commentators point out that the total wine created would be around 180 gallons <laughs> I'm telling you, when Jesus came to party, he came to party. <laughs> so, I might be going to hell. I don't know. <laughs> he better have a sense. God has a sense of humor. He has to. <laughs> if not, I'm in trouble. <laughs> so 180 gallons is equivalent. So a bottle of wine today, I'm equating it to today's um containers is a little over 25 ounces but we'll round down for the sake of it to 25 ounces that would be roughly 900 bottles of wine (laughs) so every the standard pour is about five ounces for a glass of wine so you have about five pours per bottle and i don't remember the math on that because i what would that be 4500 thousand 45,000 
900 times 25. Smart people, you know this. That It's not for It's more than that. It's a lot. It's a lot. I did the math earlier, but uh, not... Did I write it down? I might have written it down. Trust me on this. Um, oh. <laughs> oh, I did the math. <laughs> There's math on this. <laughs> so that's a lot of wine for a small wedding. 900 bottles. Um, however, it may not have been extravagant for a larger gathering looking at this this is where the commentators are saying it's like it sounds like a lot but it might not have been a lot depending on how many people were there so i put on my little detective hat this is where i stepped in um so we, yeah we don't know how many people were at the ceremony so it is this again goes back to it's a little bit of guesswork here this is me kind of you know assuming based on what other smart people say now looking at uh, I feel like a journalist right now. This is awesome. <laughs> Breaking news. Jesus got an entire wedding ceremony shwasted. <laughs> um, I might be going to hell. Who knows? Who knows? But I hope you guys uh, enjoy it. <laughs> don't, don't. I don't really shouldn't say that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, anyway, the average size of a Roman wedding <laughs> guest list uh, at that time, it varied depending on social status um, of the couple and their families. So for lower class families, the guest list was typically small and consisted of just close family and friends. For upper class families, the guest list would be a lot larger to include members of the Roman Senate, wealthy businessmen, and other prominent figures. You know how the wealthy are. I don't, so someone tell me. <laughs> so the size of the guest list depended on the type of wedding as well. Um, a conferatio wedding, I don't know what that means, which was the most prestigious type of Roman wedding, oh, cool, was typically followed by, I pretend like I haven't read this before. <laughs> it's one of those when you just type it, and that's another thing when you have to read it out loud, and you're like, oh, I don't know what these words are. Um So um, it, it was the most prestigious type of, of Roman wedding and was typically followed by a large feast that could accommodate hundreds of guests. A coemp coemptio. This is Latin. I took Latin. I don't know these words. <laughs> I showed off Latin on another episode. You haven't seen it yet. Um, oh, yeah. I mentioned Dion. But you guys, it hasn't happened yet for you. I haven't released that episode yet. So, uh, spoiler alert, we talk about some things. <laughs> so that type of wedding, which was less formal of a wedding, was typically followed by a smaller feast with fewer guests. So in general, Roman weddings were smaller than modern weddings. The average guest list was likely between 50 and 100 people. However, there were some exceptions. For example, the wedding of Emperor Claudius to Agrippina the Younger, it's probably not a, um, just her last name. She, <laughs> at the time, they were, were kind of young. Um, in 49 AD, had a guest list of over 1,000 people. That's crazy. That's a lot of people, even for today. Like, that's insane. <laughs> I think the average wedding now is like 200 people, um, 250, somewhere in there, which is a lot of people. Don't get me wrong. Um kind of cool but if you're gonna party for three days let's go <laughs> so here are some estimates 
of the average size of a Roman wedding um, guest list by social stat, social class. So in the lower class, it would be about 20 to 50 guests, middle class 50 to 100 guests, upper class 100 to 200 guests, and imperial family is 200 to 1,000 guests. So using this information, I think it's safe to say that they were probably about 50 to 100 people at the wedding. Um, I think that's, I, from what I was looking at and reading, it seems fair to say. So with 900 bottles of wine and about 25 ounces per bottle, a little more than that, but we're rounding down. Um, and, and let's say, so it was day three of the, se- of the wedding celebration. So let's say there, there was like four or five days left, about five days left of the celebration for going maximum with that. So with 100 guests, that's like, that is about 45 to 50 glasses per person per day. Now, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot of alcohol. Um, and, you know, to be fair, to be fair, um, some people drank a little more than others. Some people probably drink less, but there was probably a leftover. Like, they probably weren't drinking. It's not like, and it's over in three, two, one, done. <laughs> like, there was probably some leftover. So, you know, there's some there's some margin in there. Let's say they drank 40. <laughs> That's per person per day. That's a lot. Um, so if there were 200 guests, someone's like, well, maybe there's more guests because maybe they're upper class. That's still 25 glasses per person. That's still a lot. Like, that's still some drinking. <laughs> you, you'd be feeling good that day. Um, now, some people might be asking, like, well, I'm, you know, maybe they were drinking non-alcoholic stuff. Um, so uh, the first, to, to shut that down, they weren't drinking just grape juice. <laughs> Let me tell you that. It was fermented. So, and the reason I say that is because the first unfermented grape juice known to be processed in the United States was by um, Vineland, New Jersey dentist, Dr. Thomas Welch in 1869. That was a lot further past um, when, than when Jesus did this. So... <laughs> It, it it's which is kind of crazy how recently we were able to create unfermented <laughs> grape juice. <laughs> Before that, they're like, "Yeah, let's work on making just grape." Oops, it's wine again. Uh, well, I tried. <laughs> um, so yeah. So the other thing with that is the alcohol percentage that they were drinking. Alcohol percentage was not as high as it is today for uh, uh for wine i think it's between like 10 to 15 percent somewhere in there um so from th- for them it was probably three percent that's that that's that's mo- most likely where it would be um and yeah today it's like double or triple that um and it, it you know it's fair to say jesus made some really nice stuff as uh, one of the hosts himself said that. <laughs> um, so, you know, it it could have been, maybe it was a higher alcohol percentage. And it was like today's wine. They're like, dang. <laughs> we don't know. Um, so um, today it would be equivalent to drinking, if we're going with the 100-person guest list, about 40 beers, <laughs> light beers. Because beer is between like 3 and 5%, somewhere in there. 
unless you're going crazy high. But yeah, so like that's a lot. <laughs> and when we look at this, even Jesus himself talks about himself. In Luke 7, 34, 35, he says, The Son of Man has come eating and drinking. And you say, Look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by all her children. So Jesus drank in of his own... Like, he admitted it, which is kind of funny that, you know, I, I still think it's interesting. I think a lot of the ideas probably came from more, like, prohibition sides than actual scripture. Because we see this, Jesus himself is saying that he came eating and drinking. And they're like, hey, he's a drunken a glutton. <laughs> um, I think, I find that interesting. Maybe we forgot this. But so, you, you know, why did, I, why did I even bother bringing all of this up? You know, and how does this relate? Well, because I think that there's a case to be made in this instance, I'll say it, you know, I said it a little bit earlier too, um, that the sin is in habituality. I don't know if that's a word. Um, it's the habitual nature, I think, of eating, of drinking, of overindulging. Um, whether, you know, even we're not just limiting it to that, to anything. If I enjoy anything to excess regularly, I think that's where it falls into the, to the idea of gluttony or overindulgence. Um, and um, so if you're wondering, you are correct. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm putting forth the idea that getting drunk at a celebration is not necessarily wrong in the same way eating too much on Thanksgiving is not necessarily wrong. I think, like I just said, I think what's wrong is doing it every day. Um, in in um, in contrast to just having one day where we go maybe a little bit too far or a little bit further, um, I think there's an intentionality there that's different, and maybe there maybe we could say there's some grace for that. That's the idea I was saying that I was gonna I was saying was gonna ruffle some feathers earlier, and I'm sure some of you are mighty ruffled. <laughs> So um, I think that it is wrong. I think what is wrong is us doing this every day. Yeah, I'll say that. I think that's wrong. I, I'm, I'm not saying, and, and I think that's what can happen when, when some of you maybe hear me say this, is that what I'm saying, there, well, there might not be something wrong with overeating or getting drunk or drinking too much, let's say it that way. Um, some people are like, well, you know, you're saying do this all the time. I'm like, no, 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 no. Listen to me. <laughs> and there's, there, I'm not saying this is like 100%. This is Bible fact. I'm saying this is how I, this is what I'm seeing as I'm looking through this. Um, and I think there's, I think there's a side of being a drunkard, which is the habituality of doing it. I really hope that's a word because I just said it twice. <laughs> I don't want to sound mighty stupid if it's not. Um, I think it's I think it's the regularity that we do things. You know, if we're if we're if someone is getting drunk, if someone's overeating two, three times a week, more than that every day, um, then I think there's a problem with that. But when we look at Thanksgiving, for example, when we have been when we have shown restraint, when we have shown, um, you know, when we've been working <laughs> all year. I think it's I think it's okay for us to take a day and say I'm going to be thankful for what God has given me and enjoy this and enjoy this to its fullness. 
I think there's, I think that's okay um, with that intention. Same with like a wedding celebration. These people are at a wedding and they're like, let's celebrate this. Let's celebrate what's happening. And we're going to eat and we're going to drink and we're going to enjoy this. Um, and there may be some holes in that argument. <laughs> there may be. Because, you know, it's the idea of like a, like a, like cheating where it's like, oh, well, you know, I'm working just so I can have a cheat day. <laughs> but I don't think, I don't, I think it's different. I don't, I think it's how it's framed is different and it changes it. Because we're not just doing it to do it, we're doing it to enjoy and to rejoice. Um, and I think that's the difference. And it's not all the time. That's the other side of it. There's a moderation side of it. We're not made to party 24-7. Um, God created things good. God created good things. But like the old saying goes, too much of a good thing is a bad thing. So let's let's apply some of this into kind of where my brain is going, and some of you might have just turned it right off and well, I'm sorry. <laughs> Send me an email. Tell me what you think. <laughs> I, I this is one of those things where for me, like this is how I'm thinking through it and what I'm what I'm pulling out of the, the research that I've done on this. And it is it is different than I expected. Let me say that. Um because I'm uh, I was of the opinion and I might I think I still am of the opinion to a large extent, that um, drinking is the one that's probably triggering everybody the most, <laughs> is that getting junk, drunk in general is a sin. That's kind of where my where my mind was on it and still kind of is. But from what I'm seeing is like, I think it really does extend to, are you doing it all the time? Is is that becoming your God? Are you letting, are you letting your belly become your God? I think that's where the where some of the difference is with that. Um, I don't know. I'll also say I don't like I've I've I, there there have been times where I have gotten drunk before and it kind of sucks. <laughs> I don't enjoy it. Some people maybe they do. I don't know. Good for them. Um, not me. It's happened. I'm like, eh, it's eh, kind of sucks. <laughs> I like to get to my get to the you know. Where I'm just starting to feel a little bit, a little tipsy, tipsy theology, a little tipsy, and then you just kind of ride the wave. So it's like, yeah, I can still think coherently <laughs> and have a good conversation with someone, but I feel a little happier. Um, but I think that's good. But again, even with that, if we're getting tipsy every day, I think there's something wrong with that. But when we're intentional about it, and we're like, like tomorrow's thing. Today, I'm releasing this t- tomorrow, Thanksgiving Day. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> when we're looking at a day like today, and we have been, we have not been overindulging every day. And I think it's overindulging when it does happen every day. I think that's overindulgence. Um, but it's like, hey. I'm going to I'm going to have a little bit extra to drink today cuz I'm going to celebrate today and celebrate the goodness of the Lord um in the what he has blessed me with today. I'm going to I'm going to enjoy that. I'm going to rejoice in that. I think that's okay. But tomorrow Friday maybe hold off. Maybe maybe don't. Maybe don't do that. 
the day after that, maybe don't do that. Because <laughs> what are you celebrating? <laughs> Where's the intentionality? Then you're just an alcoholic. And no one wants to be that. Maybe you do. I don't know. I don't know your life. <laughs> but so let's, let's apply some of this a little bit. Overindulgence is not limited to food and drink, but it can extend to various aspects of life, such as technology and possessions. I think some people, we might, it, it's easy when we, when we hear gluttony to think of just food and drink. The way the Bible applies it, like we talked about, it, it, it extends a little bit further than that to desires. And when we um, overindulge in these other things, it, it's the same idea. We are when we're giving over too much to these things, we're we're, we're giving up. Um, yeah, that that portion of of self control and moderation. <laughs> um, and I think I think for us. We tend to live in a state of overindulgence, and it's become a little bit normal. We've kind of benchmarked it. I noticed that, I think, in a lot of ways in my own life, um, and I'm working on it. I'll even say, so a big one, and a lot of people might roll their eyes, and a lot of people might be like, I've never heard this before. <laughs> We're going to talk about phones. We're going to talk about phone usage. And I'm talking about myself here, too, because these numbers kind of line up with my <laughs> with me. And um, I try to be very intentional about the time I spend on my phone because I don't like using my phone. <laughs> I, I'm one of these weird hermits. Hermits? Hermits. That's, did I say hermits? <laughs> what the heck? <laughs> BT, what have you done to me? <laughs> You're making me a moron. No, it's not. I was always... I was a <laughs> Self-deprecating humor, everyone. Um, no, I... I um, yeah, I hate using my phone. Last year, last year, last year, I switched to a flip phone for three months, and it was kind of bliss. It was nice. Um, recently, I've been trying to make my my iPhone more and more dumb, so that way I use it less. But YouTube, man, I love YouTube, and it eats me <laughs> so many so much. But anyway, the average person spends. Four hours and 48 minutes on their phone each day, according to a 2022 report. That's almost five hours, just under five hours a day. There's 24 hours in a day, if you didn't know. <laughs> and if you're getting proper sleep, we're awake for 16 of those. And five of those were staring at our phone. Now, to be fair... Some of it might be like maps. That's that that is a little bit for me too. I'll if I gotta drive somewhere, I'll put maps on. And that counts for my screen time. Sometimes I I put on a YouTube video and I walk away. I'm like, I'm not looking at it, but I'm I, I'm using my phone. So I, it, to some extent it's like, okay, there's about five hours a day that we're using our phone. Which is crazy. So you think about that, it's like, all right, you've eight hours at a work an eight hour work day. With your commute, with like breaks and everything, you're probably at like nine hours. And then another five is on your phone. And there's probably some overlap in there between, you know, use your phone during work too. <laughs> Sometimes work is a little boring. <laughs> so anyway, it's like that's a lot of time. 
that's a lot of time that's that's given to that. And interestingly enough, that number, the, the just under five hours, is up from three hours and 43 minutes in 2019. So I think part of that might have had to do with, like, you know, the being at home for COVID and quarantining and everything. That probably increased a little bit and it just kind of re-benchmarked itself. Um, but the average person, also talking about just possessions has about 300,000 items in their house. That's crazy. It's a lot of stuff. And depending on how you count items, you know, like individual forks, <laughs> you know, if you or like paper clips, if you're counting all those, um, it could be as high as 1 million items. And that number for me is just like unfathomable. It doesn't it doesn't make sense. <laughs> and so the point the point I'm trying to make when I when I when I say this um, the point is that we have more than we need. That that's that's the point that I'm saying. Um, now I'm not calling you to sell everything you own. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying to sell anything. Um, but I guess my my what I'm what I'm saying in this what my ten, my intention is my tension my intention. Oh goodness. <laughs> my intention here is why did I say it like that? Now I'm overthinking the word intention. <laughs> is um, let's ask ourselves questions about aspects of our lives. You know, let's let's look at this and be like, is this is this too much? You know, are we living intentionally about the things? Oh, I have more. I skipped a whole side. Um, this is crazy to me. Sorry, going. This is going back to the making my phone dumber. This is why I wrote this down. But I found this wild. The average person has around eighty apps installed on their smartphone, but only actively uses nine of them daily. And to me, it's like this means that most people have a lot of apps that they don't use very often. Duh. <laughs> and um, the number of apps people have on their phones has been increasingly. Increasing steadily over the years. In 2012, the average person had around 30 apps installed on their phone. And so that number is like more than doubled in a decade. In 10 years, it's gone from 30 to 80. That's crazy. And that's, that's kind of what I was saying earlier with, I think, where we are with our lives. You know, um... I'm I'm not any different than other people with that. It's like the busyness mentality, the anxiety, um, even you know can rear into depression sometimes, and just like this frantic state of stress that we that we I think live in that we've baselined, and it's like this is normal, but it's like we're living with things we don't need. We're living with too much, um, and as some of you know, I'm I'm I I'm a minimalist. Um, and I, I, I try to live that way. And so with that, you know, some things that I do, we're going to seem extreme for some people <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not suggesting that, um, for everyone, you know, the way that I live, cause it works for me. It works for me right now in the place that I'm at. And the idea behind it for me, when I look at this, and I'm sure there's going to be like true minimalists and like, this guy's a fraud. <laughs> There's always those people out there. You can't win in any community. <laughs> but for me, I look at it as intentionality. 
the things that I own, the things that I use, let's give them purpose. And are they fulfilling that purpose in my life? Um, and if they're not, maybe we need to get rid of them. Maybe we need to think about that. And it goes back to earlier where it's like, am I owning this thing when someone else could enjoy it? I'm, an, I'm owning this thing. I have possession of it. And I'm not getting anything out of it besides it lives it with me. <laughs> And uh, someone else could be using that. You know, when I when I moved from Ohio to Florida, I had a lot of instruments, and I didn't play all of them. And um, like I, f- the one in particular I'm thinking of is I had a cello. I always wanted to learn how to play cello, never learned it, <laughs> but I just had it. And I was like, you know what? I'm not gonna learn this. Maybe someday I will. But I don't need to keep owning this until someday happens because in the meantime, someone else can learn this instrument. This could be a way for them to to gain access to, to this. And um, so I sold it. I got rid of it. And I think that's what I think that's that's how I started thinking that way and kind of getting into that that mentality of what let me make sure the things that i own are purposeful and i think that's even goes into like phone usage and that's the way i've been trying to think about this am i being purposeful about the time that i spend on my phone is this is this becoming my belly is it becoming my god um i don't want it to be i don't think any of us really want it to be <laughs> hopefully not um but I don't want to be overindulgent. I don't want to be gluttonous with my phone time. I don't want to be gluttonous with the things that I own. You know, I, and, and it, it just goes so far beyond just eating and drinking. Um, you know, it, it's on a scale. And, you know, just like eating and drinking, too much, eating too much for one person is going to be too little for another person. And I think that's the same with some of these things. Like, um, I think about books, for example. That's a big one. I like books. I don't own a ton of books, but I own, I think, a good amount of books. And um, for some people, they'll look at that and be like, get rid of those. Because <laughs> those, you know, five books is too many books for some people. Whereas 200 books is not nearly enough for another person. And, and a lot of that has to do with the value that it brings to that person's life. Um, but there's a scale. And we can't just look at someone and judge that um, based on a, an image but it has to be on, you know, we knowing that person, and ultimately it has to do with ourselves. We need to be honest with ourselves. Let's look at this. Let's pay attention and ask ourselves: Am I am I being gluttonous? So um, Thanksgiving should be a holiday that we look forward to enjoying our families and being grateful for what God has done for us. And I'm sure there's an alternate meaning. <laughs> But what I was always taught is that Thanksgiving was a way the pilgrims showed gratitude for their bountiful harvest. And I'm sure there's a lot out there between, you know, the the First Nations people and the pilgrims, but I'm not getting into that. (laughs) I don't need to get into that. I I think that message is something we need to focus on with this. And if we live like it's Thanksgiving Day every day, we ruin the the sweetness, the specialness to the holiday, and it means that we have given ourselves into gluttonous desires day after day. And that's not the way we should be living. We shouldn't be living a, 
to where you know this isn't um, a special day because it's like, well, I overeat every day, so what's one more day? <laughs> and I think with that in mind, I think we need to bring fasting back into mainstream, main, a mainstream position. You know, it used to be a regular practice, and I'll I'll, I'll say um, I know people are weird about it, but I'll say for myself, um, you know, fasting is something that I like to try to practice at least once a year where I'll take, you know, maybe a week and just do a water fast, maybe a couple days. But I think it's the idea of let's deny ourselves something our body needs. But for me, it's like, let's, you know, let's deny that and let's focus on the Lord. It kind of has another effect to, it makes me rethink my, my relationship with food and the utility of it. I'm, I'm a foodie person. Some people are, you know, um, and I love good food. Like, I love, I, I, I pay, I like to pay for good food on special occasions. You know, I don't have a problem with going to a really fancy place and spending $200 on a, on a really good meal. But I have a problem doing that all the time. <laughs> Every now and then, on like, a, on like a, a, a vacation or something like that, it's like, let's enjoy this. Let's, let's do this. Um, let's, you know, let's, let's rejoice in what the Lord has done. That's, that's one way I think about it. I've been blessed in a position where I can do this. So let's do it. If I'm, you know, sometimes I don't have that money to spend on it. You know, everyone's in their own spot. (laughs) Um, but I think it's, it's okay to enjoy that. But if you're indulging in that every day, if you're indulging in that regularly, let me put it that way. Let me not even put an every day on it. Someone's like, oh, I don't do it every day. I only do it every, you know, four days. <laughs> it's like, okay, hold on. Regularly. If it's something, it's a regular part of your schedule, I, th- I think we're being gluttonous. <laughs> and fasting is a way for us to say, hey, let's pull out of that. Let's, let's, let's deny ourselves all of it. And let's rethink this. Let's focus on the Lord and let's pray about that. You know, fasting is about us saying no to our body's desires to focus our attention on the Lord. We need to eat, but um, have we let eating take over our mind? Have we let our belly become our God? If we have been gluttonous throughout the year, we shouldn't be eating to our fill on Thanksgiving Day. You know, does a lazy person deserve a break or a vacation? So I'm actually going to put out a personal challenge for you guys today. <laughs> oh, aren't you happy you listened? <laughs> Friends like, pause, listen to it later. <laughs> um, and so my encouragement, my challenge maybe, I'll say that, is maybe don't eat today. Maybe if if that's the case where you've been overindulgent regularly throughout the year, if you've been if you've overindulged this year up to today, maybe don't eat. Maybe 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 just eat a little bit. Not all of it. Not as much as you want to. Not as much as you would. You know, and instead, spend that time with the Lord. And enjoy your family. Enjoy the time with your family. Find a reason to be grateful for the day that the Lord has given you. That's, when I look at Thanksgiving, let's keep it special. Let's keep those things special 
celebrations. Let's keep them special. But we can only do that when we've been intentional throughout the year, throughout our time. If 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 I'm if I'm if I'm drinking six bottles of BT a day, <laughs> nothing special when I do a podcast. Nothing special about Thanksgiving. Nothing special about a wedding ceremony because it's just an, it's just another day. So let's not ruin those things. Let's 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 look at them and engage with them the way they should be. Um, <clears throat> Thanksgiving is a day for us to enjoy that. Not not February third. <laughs> is that Valentine's Day? Or is that the fourteenth? I don't remember. I don't have a girlfriend, so I don't know these things. <laughs> You know, you know, you know what I'm saying. So I, I would ask you to think about that, and if the Holy Spirit leads you to that place, then embrace that and, and do that. Because we need to, we need to start being more intentional about the way we live. I'm, I want to be more intentional about the way I live more and more every single day. To focus my life on on the Lord, and moderation's a part of that. I, I think, I think. Sometimes we can feel like that might be a little legalistic or too religious. Um, but we need to, moderation's a big part of it. It's balance. It's, and um, that's what scripture teaches. It teaches us to, to have a good or right relationship with creation. Because we want to have a good and right relationship with our creator. And if we're letting the creation take the place of the creator, that's a problem. <laughs> we can't do that. We shouldn't do that. And so to summarize this, because I know I've rambled for quite a bit now, <laughs> the overarching message is to live intentionally, be mindful of overindulgence, and seek a balance that aligns with your values and faith, with the values of Scripture. So I hope this has been encouraging for you guys. I hope you've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it. It's been a really interesting thing to talk about. And I'm super excited to hear if you guys have any thoughts on this. Um, again, it's something that I'm, 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 I'm thinking through still about some of the, some of the positions I took here. <laughs> but it's fun. That's what, we're, that's what we're here for. We're seeking truth, and we want to see where truth leads. Sometimes it, it's confusing because it doesn't align with what we thought it should be. Um, and it's, yeah, we, that's, that's where the Holy Spirit comes in. <laughs> that's where consistency comes in. It's what, is the, what is Scripture saying? And where's the consistency in that? So um, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you have a fantastic Thanksgiving. And I hope you enjoy this day. Whether you are going to celebrate by eating a lot of food and enjoying a lot of wine or a lot of Buffalo Trace or whatever your poison is. Or you're going to celebrate by refraining from those things. I encourage you in both of those <laughs> to enjoy today, to say thank you, Lord, for what you have done and for what you are doing and what you will do. And I will talk to you Hopefully sooner rather than later. <laughs>